Hi, and welcome to the first ever episode of The Sound of Not Getting Laid. This one's a bit rough around the edges, folks, but through the magic of editing and effects, the experience should seem flawless. Almost. My guest this week is Kimberly Reinhardt. Hear Kim's impression of prog rock icon Peter Gabriel. Listen to her ideas for torturing people via the law firm of Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. Think about her opinions on the guitar solo and fade out as a musical device. All this and more on The Sound of Not Getting Laid. Tonight's episode is brought to you by New York City Air. New York City Air, it's slowly killing you, but without it, you'd die in minutes. Hi, and welcome to The Sound of Not Getting Laid. Uh, I'm here today with... Kim Reinhardt. And what do you do, Kim? Um, I do a lot of different things. Uh, I'm an artist, and I've been thinking about ecology a lot lately, and I've been making silk screens with natural dyes, and I'm a painter. I, I've made a lot of really great paintings as You well. have. Yes. I have several of them. Yes. I may, I may be your, your uh, biggest patron. You, you, I think, in fact, you are. <laughs> <laughs> they are pretty fantastic. Uh, how old are you? I am 40. Going on 41. Really? Yeah. Why, why did I think you were older? Not that you look older. Uh-huh. Just... <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, man. <laughs> right off the bat, I'm just <laughs> fucking this all up. <laughs> fucking this all up. Um, where are you from? Uh, Baltimore, Maryland. What kind of music did you listen to in like high school going into college? I listened to a lot of uh, music by artists such as Sonic Youth and Dinosaur Jr., Velvet Underground, Sometimes it feels um, so The Fall. But when I was in middle school, I liked The Smiths and The Cure a lot. I had an older brother who exposed me. He was um, in art school in New York City, and he exposed me to a lot of uh, bands that I felt like were maybe a little bit ahead of a middle schooler's psyche, like, um, like Sebado. Mm-hmm. And um, and then I had I had an older boyfriend and he got me into things like um, the fall and pill and birthday party. Okay. Yeah. I think that's um, th- 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 I think that's common among a lot of people. Like if you hung out, you know, people of of our generation. If you hung out with people who were a little bit older, mm-hmm. they may have played you these songs. You know. Yeah. They may have played you these these prog rock songs. So, what are you listening to now, primarily? Do you still listen to all that stuff, or is there new? That's a good question. Um, of course, it's a good idea. Right now, uh, I mean, this morning, I was listening to a Lee Scratch Perry album. Okay, okay. Um, I've been listening to a lot of uh, music by this guy called K, and I can't, I always have trouble pronouncing words. I have my own language that I make up for That's things. That's fine. We'll just, we'll give people a glossary so they can. Yeah. But it's like K, uh, Limer, Limer, he's, he's on this, um, there's this record label called Revenge Records, and he, and he, he's one of the releases that they put out, um. And it's just, it's a lot of, uh, like, Eno-inspired, um, atmospheric music. And then also this artist named Laraji, and he is, he plays, like, a hammered string instrument and um, also has, comes from a yoga background as well, but, um, which is interesting to me. So. Fascinating. <laughs> He likes to wear orange. <laughs> okay. It's a bit of a non sequitur, but I'm going tr- to leave it in. I have trouble with the facts, you know? Yeah, me too. Like, I don't know anything that you were talking about. Yeah. And, and but that doesn't matter. And I don't know if, like, those facts are necessarily accurate. But right now, right. it's like spacious, atmospheric kind of um, music. Ambient, would you classify it as? Like like stuff that like Eno used to do and yeah, but maybe still does to maybe extent. with like a subject matter or something. Uh-huh. Not that Eno didn't have a subject matter, but um, <laughs> well, here's the thing. There's you know. this one singer songwriter that I've been listening to, and I forget her name, but I generally have a, a an a, a an, an aversion to singer songwriters ever since I I dated one a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, they can be trying. It's on par with how I might feel about some of these songs that we're about to listen to. Okay, okay. <laughs> we're not going to get into that. Okay. And, uh, should we get should we should we let her roll? Yeah, I think we're going to get into the first song, which is King Crimson's 21st Century Schizoid Man, which was recorded in 1969, I believe. Yeah, no. <laughs> I don't know how much more. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, let's see. How far did you make it? You made it about uh, two minutes into that one before you had just had enough. They really like changed things up. They did, yeah. Yes, tempo. They were like sh- they were showing off. You feel it's 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 show offy. Yeah, they were just showing off. Like, how fast can I play? Uh huh. Yeah. And you, and you don't appreciate that? No. From a musical, from a from a technical uh, ability no. standpoint, no. You no. just you just don't want to hear that. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> were, were, were there any feelings behind your aversion? Like, what was? I feel like there's like a desperation. <laughs> Involved with them. Uh huh. <laughs> like they're really, they just, they spend a lot of time um, alone. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> in their bedrooms. Uh-huh. Um, well, you really, I mean, these are, you know, men in their 30s. Yeah, but uh, at not, some point. They, you know, they have other rooms in their Not that houses. there's anything wrong with that. Like, I think that's a good thing. I don't mean to be overly critical, but like, I feel like they, you know, like they they spend a lot of time. Oh, see, I don't know. Now I feel like a jerk, but I feel like that. Yeah, I don't think you're gonna hurt their feelings. They're trying. Okay. Yeah, right. But I feel like <laughs> maybe it's like there's this like seeking of if I can play my um, my guitar really really fast, then um, I'll get laid. <laughs> By that, do you mean like they're they're overcompensating for some kind of insecurity or? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, like a lack of soul, maybe. Do so you feel like that lacks soul? Maybe. No part of it was was stirring. I like, I like the first part like a lot, um, but then I felt like I was I was being like it was too self aware or I was being manipulated by the fast tempo. Mm-hmm. It made me nervous and like I guess I you know what I think maybe they're thinking that that song it's like being the 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 idea of um the kind of like popular idea of, of schizophrenia where you know you have these two separate minds or something. Because schizophrenia is a very popular affliction. No, Many I mean, people like, seem I to think, have it. I think that schizophrenia is probably like uh, there's a there's a more um, nuanced definition of it. But like you would say, oh, like dual personality. So I feel like maybe the song it's like that's the easiest way is to have like a dual tempo or something. I, I, I think that I think that's an accurate observation. Um, you know, but it was also the 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 there was like a that the, there are a lot of like high pitched sounds. Uh huh. <laughs> like it almost was like a saxophone, but I think it was a guitar, maybe. There's some saxophone in there too. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So the saxophone kind of um, uh, went. Oh, but this was the '60s, wasn't it? Late '60s. Late yeah. '60s. '69, I believe. If, if we want to consult the LP jacket here. Does it have lyrics? It does. Can it I does. Li- you, I think that's the part of the song that you uh, liked. Uh, Cat's foot, iron claw, neurosurgeons scream for more at paranoia's poison door, 21st century schizoid man, blood, blood rack barbed wire, politician's funeral pyre, innocence raped with napalm fire, 21st century schizoid man. Whoa. Deep. <laughs> what what do you think that means? What do you think they're trying to say? Uh, 
I, they're probably reacting to the Vietnam War. And I don't know if they provide a solution, though, really, or if they just kind of expose the horror. Is, is that something you would have liked, to, liked them to explore, like yes. providing a, a solution? Yes. Rather than just exposing the uh, ugly underbelly, mm-hmm. the truth mm-hmm. of it in a, yeah. in a sort of vague poetic fashion. Yeah, that's my problem with The Wall, too, you know, with that movie. Right. It's, it's an expression of uh, psychological turmoil. Yeah. But there's no... Hope. Hope. <laughs> right. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> yes. Uh, but, you know, I mean, this was the, the late 60s, uh, early 70s, a lot of this stuff. So, uh, you know, did, was that expected of an artist? I mean, I guess the folk era did that. Yeah. You know, they, they provided some hope. You know, I feel like it's maybe a privilege to not have to have hope. It's a luxury. A luxury, yes. Uh-huh. Yes, uh-huh. it's a luxury. Luxury. I feel like the heart's in the right place, but it's not embodied. Interesting. I like that. Okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, I, I hate to like be on record dissing Kim Crimson because I, uh, I, I probably, they're probably a great band. I just never really listened to them. Well, look, here's the thing. Uh, I don't think anyone is going to take this podcast uh, in the vein of sociological research. Yeah. I think we're really in the realm of light entertainment. Right. So I really wouldn't worry too much about what Robert Fripp thinks about what you think about what he did in 1969. Is there a flute in, in this band? Uh, the, the song that follows this, uh-huh. there features a flute. Yeah. And, and that's another point is... We're taking these songs out of context. Mm-hmm. So there's that song, which is very aggressive, and uh, you know there's distorted vocals and distorted bass and screechy horns and guitars. But then it follows with something that's really sweet, mm-hmm. a song called I Talk to the Wind, where there's all these floaty flutes and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. Um, so I'm taking it out of context in that, like, if this were a classical piece, we would be listening to Movement One. And we're not hearing the, the movement that resolves the tension that this creates. So, uh, you know, I'm probably going to get some people saying, oh, you're, you're taking it out of context. But it's like, well, you know, you didn't even make it through this entire song. You weren't going to wait for the next one. I might have skipped. If it was a record, I would have You would have skipped, skipped to, to the, the next, next groove. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then I, maybe I would have liked that one. Okay. Well, that's interesting. I don't know. I, I think this if... just this visual too of his of his nose somehow makes me think about my feelings about it. Like they didn't have to draw the inner nostrils, <laughs> but they did. This, this is why I appreciate your aesthetic uh, insight uh-huh. into this because, and that's why I brought the albums out so yeah. that you could look at this artwork. Because, you know, back in the day, that's what you did. You bought the record and you looked at the record cover while it was spinning. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is part of the piece of art. It's, it's, it's made to illustrate what you're listening to. But I, I, I guess I like the inner, the inner nostrils really make, make it, um, if they weren't there, it would, it would not be the same. <sighs> Whoa. That's the whole piece. And you see his... I didn't realize that. His ear... Those sort look of. like butts to me. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's what the artist intended. Or maybe it was open to interpretation. Yeah. He's got butts in between his cheek and his ear. Uh-huh. What and does that mean? Two noses. Two noses. Yeah. He's got some cavities. and Those look like planets. Um, so now, did, had you heard this song before? No. You've never heard of the song uh-uh. before? Interesting. Okay. I I'm actually I feel I feel curious as to how it turns out from the point where I stopped it to the end. Not that we have to Well, I can send you home with some MP3s. Okay. If you'd like. <laughs> and we and we can revisit this subject. We okay. can come back and go, "Well, you know, I gave it a listen." Cuz I feel like that it would get really fast and then there'd be like some sound effects and then maybe it would like slow down or something. Well, you kind of heard all the, all the the uh, sections. So uh-huh. there's there's that part where they're singing, uh-huh. 
and then it speeds up into the you know and people do a lot of noodling around over that and then it goes back to the you know, and they, the, they repeat the, the, the chorus. The that verses. song, da, 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 that's like a famous like um, part of a song, right? It sounds like uh, something else I've heard. Oh, it's possible that it's yeah. it's a theme from uh, like a, another a TV show or something. <clears throat> so the next song is um, we're gonna go to Yes. Okay. In 1971. The song is called Roundabout. And here are the lyrics and the album cover <clears throat> for you to, uh, to observe. Okay. Let's just let her rip. Okay. <laughs> I think I'm, like, just... Paralyzed. <laughs> you, you can ding out whenever you want. I I can't. I can't move. You can't move. <laughs> do, do you need me to, to tap I you out? I can't hear you. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> the ladies like that. Little, yeah. <laughs> Why do you think that is? Uh, sensitive. <laughs> sensitive emotionally, physically. Ooh, I like this part. Now, the song, like, it just keeps on going on and on. All right. <laughs> like, okay, guys, wrap it up. So, what do you mean by? I mean, that's like a funky, like, organ. What is that, an organ? Yeah, that's kind of funky. Um, that sound, like, does weird things to my brain. Kind of sounds like farts. <laughs> <laughs> the guitar sounds like farts. Okay. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> this reminds me of like a like a Kentucky I don't know. <laughs> the state of Kentucky, the entire state. <laughs> that <laughs> or uh, And that's like kind of sci-fi. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah, they didn't need to do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a barbershop choir. <laughs> oh, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I'm having a nice dinner next to that that guitar. Uh huh. You know, it's a, it's right? There's some wine. Right, because it's you know, got a very classical white music influence to it. Yeah. yeah. Not classical, but like um, something else. Uh, okay, so that happened. <laughs> <laughs> no, like I feel like there's parts of that song that have entered into the um, the uh, pop popular culture of like there's pieces there's part of that sound they're like oh yeah that's yes yeah okay right. yeah right. so I, I feel a, a certain allegiance with that and appreciation of anything that can uh cross the bounds of um you know the masses mm -hmm. and make an impact um 
but I, I found it to be long and I oftentimes found myself being very bored, mm-hmm. but then there'd be like a, a crazy song, a sound, and I wasn't sure if I liked the sound or what it was, where it was coming from. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, How do you feel like this compared to what we just heard to the King Crimson song? I mean, obviously it was t- more tolerable because you made it through the whole song as opposed to the panic mode that you were in two minutes into the 21st century schizoid van. I feel like there's a little bit more hope with this song. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, like there's, I don't know, that he's talking about like a lake or something at Mm -hmm. some point. Yeah. So that was nice. What what do you think the lyrics were talking about? What do you think? I I have no idea. I don't Uh know. I I just, I start to read them and I, and, and it's like, I feel like I'm reading a paper by one of my students and it makes absolutely no sense because they don't really know how to speak English. <laughs> and, and these guys are from England. Yeah. The, the genesis of the English language. Uh-huh. The origin of the English language. Well, according to Wikipedia, which I'm uh-huh. not going to uh, profess to be accurate all the time, uh, they wrote the song about a, a journey from... Uh, Aberdeen to Glasgow, uh-huh. uh, and the many roundabouts that they encountered on oh. the way, about 40 of them. And uh, some of the lyrics, uh, like about the lake or about the scenery that they saw uh-huh. in the countryside. And uh, when he's talking about the uh, uh, 24 before my love and I'll be there, John Anderson's talking about his wife and getting home to her, mm-hmm. and he's going to be happy to see her. Mm-hmm. So, so. Uh, uh, Seemingly, yes, they, they kind of do seem like nonsense, but uh, when broken down. Um, but, you know, as opposed to what we just heard, they're, they're not making a big political statement or anything. No. Uh, they're just sort of talking about what they see on the bus. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure, but what year did the Vietnam War end? I think uh, mid 70s, 74, 75. 74, so it was still going on at this time. Uh-huh. It was definitely still going on in 1971, which is when this <clears throat> album came out. But it, do, you know, that's an, it does feel like, you know, when you're in a roundabout and you can't get out. <laughs> if you, if, sure. If yeah. you, if you're. The way it keeps on going on and on and on. Right. And, and if you like don't you think make. think you're done and then you're not. Yeah. You know, if you don't make that bold move, like I'm going now, yeah. you could just keep going around in circles. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I wouldn't necessarily go to it to listen to. You wouldn't buy this record and and put that song on going, fuck yeah, I can't wait to hear this. No, I don't. I, I don't know, though. Maybe. Maybe, uh, maybe at a certain point, if I was in the mood for something like this song, I would. You never know what's going to happen with your personality. This is true. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, I, I I used to hate country. Yeah. So there might be a time where I'm just super into yes. That could be totally possible. It's possible. Yeah. As opposed to crimson, which is probably not. I don't happen. know. I feel like the flute. I feel like the flute does. It's kind of nostalgic for me. My dad played the flute. I used to play the flute. Um. So, and I like the idea of like flute, is this rock, this is rock, prog rock, I guess, but you know, like flute and rock is funny. It's funny to me. It entertains me. Okay. Yeah. You like the tone of that instrument? It reminds me of Dungeons and Dragons too. There's like a kind of a medieval um, thing in which there would be a, a flautist. But I don't think that King, King Crimson seems a little bit more innocent to me than that. Should we talk about this al- album cover? Uh, there is a world on it. There was, so, like, I wonder when we saw those first pictures of the planet Earth on the whole Earth catalog. I believe that was the uh, Apollo 11 uh-huh. moon mission, right? Perhaps, yeah. Where they landed. So that was 69. And bust, yep. And they busted out a camera. Uh, so this would have been after that. Mm-hmm. 
And you think that may have played a part in in this illustrator's? Uh... Yeah. There's... Now this guy's pretty well known, Roger Dean. Uh huh. He did artwork for Yes. He did artwork for Asia and a lot of other bands. Um, so he he had a pretty lucrative career mm-hmm. in the late '60s and '70s, the... doing uh, album art and pop culture art. What's his last name? Dean. Dean. Yes, yeah. Roger Dean. So the the cover is like a whole earth with some trees and like a a Viking flying ship. And then the other one, it looks like it's coming apart. I don't know what that means. There's a path. Yeah, he's probably just, you know, imagining things. I don't know. Planet doesn't look too distressed, though. Right. So, um, but it says fragile. The the album is called Fragile. So, it was that what was that song called? That was that song called Roundabout. Oh, okay, right. The um, well, just because they say that a lot doesn't mean that that's what it's called. Right. So, that's not necessarily a duh. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But overall, you made it through that one. How how many minutes was that? Oh, that's uh, that's a long one. It's over eight minutes. Well, I wanted to see what it was like to make it through a song. Uh huh. Yeah, because I, yeah. So, um, there's a lot more noise in my head now <laughs> because of the song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but oh, you mean tinnitus, or you mean just? No. Because you've been, you listen to that song, and then you listen to this song. I feel like that song, it was kind of like a lot of like, it was like this, uh, like a fly, you know, that like buzzes around your head. <laughs> <laughs> you can't like get rid of it, like it uh-huh. keeps on. So it's kind of, it was kind of like that. An irritant? Yeah. But then there were like good, but then there'd be like these amazing parts that would come in and I'd be like, oh, I've heard this before. Yeah. And like, that sounds really good. Mm-hmm. But then there'd be like the farty guitar and I did it. It kind of scared me like that they did that. So I don't, it just brought up a lot of different feelings and emotions and it, that felt very manic. Mm-hmm. It felt, felt kind of manic. Like, as well as the last one, uh, the King Crimson also was a very manic song. Well, which makes sense based on the title. Yes. Yep. A reference to schizophrenia. Uh huh. And he's talking about doctors as being like evil doctors, like, you know, right. witch doctors, not witch doctors. Surgeons, but, yeah. Yeah. So, like, there's this mistrust of, I don't know if that's like post World War II or something, kind of fear. I don't know. Could be. Yeah. It could be. (laughs) (sighs) How many more do we have? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It just seems like a lot of work. What? Is this, this session is, um, uh, it's going to be a little raw because I'm learning. Right. Me too. (laughs) I'm learning my interpersonal skills. So. (laughs) Okay. I think. As of like, you know, like a week, I'm realizing I'm thinking more about those. So this past week. So Are, Were you thinking about that because you were going to be on having a discussion on Mike? No. 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 Just it was, it was it's some personal growth that you're working on. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Excellent. How fortuitous for me. <laughs> that I get to be really awkward. No, that you've been thinking about, you know, this sort of stuff, and and you're using this as a, uh, an exercise. It's like a, it's like a coming out party, for my for your social skills. Yes. Okay. Not really. Not really. No. There's no. a lot of shame. Shame. <laughs> Always. Well, but but shame implies that you think that you're a bad person. Uh huh. As opposed to guilt, which means you've done bad things. Yeah. So is it really shame? I mean, you don't think you're a bad person. Well, I don't think about it. I just feel that I am. You feel that you're a bad person. Yeah. Right, of course. Because yeah. if you think about it logically, I'm you like, know no, that you're not. of course. I'm a really good person. Right. I mean, that's a silly thing to say. 
really good. What does that mean? I don't know. I don't know. I think it's accurate, though. Yeah. Thanks. I think you are a really good person. It's just, you know, it's just stuff. So, like, having an opinion about something and, like, being asked, like, how I feel, but, like, that's that's hard. It's uh-huh. hard for me. Why? I don't know. Because I'm not, I, I, I've tended to always just defer to somebody else who would be in close proximity. Okay. Yeah. But here you are in close proximity with someone who, you know, for all intents and purposes, may know a bit more about this than you. Yeah. But I'm asking you about it yeah. without imposing my opinion on you. Well, the other I'm thing, trying not to anyway. Yeah, yeah. And it can just be enjoyable. That's the other side to it is I can just have fun. Right. Yeah. Debate doesn't always have to be heated and angry. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's probably more productive when it's not. Yeah. So... Um, but we digress. <laughs> oh shit. You're recording that. <laughs> yes. Oh no. No, but that's fine because that's, that's part of the point. We can, we can be tang- uh, tangential. That's tangential. fine. Yeah. That's totally What's that fine. word? Tangent. Uh. Protean. I learned that word today. What does that mean? It means cha- like very changeable. It relates to proteus. Oh, like malleable? Like the ocean water, because Proteus was the son of Poseidon. I see. Yes, malleable, changeable, Mm -hmm. protein. I like that. Mm -hmm. I like learning new words. Like a menu, the protein menu of the day. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-huh. All right. All right. So uh, here we are in 1971. Peter Gabriel is still in Genesis. And there's still, uh, Phil Collins hasn't opened his big mouth yet, and he's just sitting behind the drum kit, uh, doing what he does best, in my opinion. Sorry, Phil. So this is called uh, Return of the Giant Hogweed, I believe, right? The end of side two. Okay. And uh, is what album, how many, have they released more albums before this one? I think two or three, yes. There's, uh, what is before this one? Let's see. They did two before this mm-hmm. one, from Genesis to Revolution and Trespass. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so this is still early, but they've kind of gotten, you know, a little bit more into their thing. Yeah, because this is kind of interesting, is that uh, I the first band that I ever really loved was Genesis. Uh-huh. Which, which uh, like, which album? Which era? <laughs> the Invisible Touch. Uh-huh. Right. The Phil Collins era. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. So I remember I had a tape of it, and uh, for some reason, I really, I really loved it. So it's going to be interesting. I didn't, I didn't know that Peter Gabriel was in this band, but um, I also remember him from back then as well. Right, because he was doing his solo work. Mm-hmm. Um. Which stands out on its own and is fantastic. I like I like the way his voice sounds. Mm-hmm. But I'm excited to listen to this. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. It, interesting note when you talk about how Peter Gabriel sounds. Uh, when Phil Collins took over the vocals for Genesis, Peter Gabriel said he sounds more like me than I do. Oh. Because he really was trying to keep a ah! continuity going. It's like a ah. Yes, that's exactly how Peter Gabriel yeah! sounds. Yeah. You nailed it. (laughs) (laughs) Nailed it, man. It's passionate. I, I like your 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 panic with the with the you know to just give me a gentle ding. You're like, oh, I'm really done now, man. Just fucking shut it off. So there's some. Okay, so you made it through uh, almost two minutes of that song. Uh-huh. I was um, trying to give it some some a chance. Uh huh. Yeah. But you'd had enough. Mm-hmm. What 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 did you think? What what was the feeling? I I I just didn't know what he was talking about, and I didn't care. Uh huh. And, and you I were just, reading the lyrics. I didn't know I wasn't. Oh, okay. I, I wasn't, but not that that matters. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, you can hear what he's saying. It's not. Yeah. He was just kind of like rambling about something, and it just 
I just felt like I didn't have time for it. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, well, you know, some of these guys could get a little, uh, you know. And like the, I was interested in the way that the vocals were following the uh, music. Mm-hmm. Like they're singing along with the melody a lot. Uh, as opposed to the other two songs that we heard. Yeah. He felt like it was, he was following what was going on in the background a mm-hmm. bit more. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I, I like, I, I love the sound of Peter Gabriel's voice, but, um, even that couldn't save <laughs> the song for me. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> there's just a feeling of wanting to block it out and erase it <laughs> from my mind. <laughs> Not just stop it, but yeah. you just want it gone. If I could wipe your memory uh-huh. of this evening. Well, not like the whole evening, but maybe just that last two minutes or whatever long uh-huh. it was uh-huh. of that song. So you found that more unbearable or, or less than uh, how did that compare to your tolerance? I mean, obviously, you made it through the Yes song. Yeah. So Yes fared a little I, bit better. Yeah, the Yes song, it was kind of rocking. Like, there were moments where I felt like I could do, like, the air guitar or uh, the air drums mm-hmm, or something. Mm-hmm. But this one, I they're they're still they haven't yet become what they will become, and I feel like it shows. That's interesting. You yeah. feel like they haven't really come into their own yet. Yeah. On this. Okay. I feel like maybe prog rock a lot is dissectable with a scalpel. How so? Like just what you that. were saying about like the what the eighteenth notes and the it's like you, it's a very like you want to break it down yes. in your mind, uh, almost like a math problem or something. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, often people who like this music will geek out and, and deconstruct it that way. Yeah. You know, I like this section for this, and then it goes into the blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So it feels very, like, fragmented to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think that when I listen to music, I like, music that feels like a, more like a body, like a whole body. A little bit more cohesive. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, that's, that's why I listen to music, I think. Right. <clears throat> you don't, you don't want to feel tension. In my head, yes. Right. Because I already have enough of that. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah, I get that. I do too. But for some reason, I, I still like this stuff. I don't uh-huh. know what it is. And I'm not sure. I feel like there was one verse that really, that was the one I, that broke me. That put you into panic mode? <laughs> yes. Eject, eject. <laughs> Maybe it was something about the botanical creature stirs seeking revenge. Like, whoa. He, he came home to London and made a present of the hogweed to the royal gardens of, at Kew. Like, what is he talking about? I have no idea. You know, you touched on it with the whole, there's a lot of, you know, wizards and yeah. magic and, you know, with flutes. and. You know. But it's not, but there's not necessarily a story. So I, I like the idea of a myth or something that can be really distilled down to uh, an, an essence. Right. But I feel that with these, they're just saying, yeah, there's, you know, this bog and then there's a wizard over there and there's the bird that's making the noise and it's just kind of like, okay, yeah, great. Um, right. Yeah. So. so you don't feel invested in the storyline? No. No, it's just, it's it's like, um, yeah. Mm-mm. Well, I guess at the end the mighty hogweed is avenged and human bodies soon will know our anger kill them with your hogweed hairs um no i don't think there's any hope in the song (laughs) (laughs) there's no hope for genesis on nursery crimes okay okay fair enough (laughs) (laughs) i you know it's like david bowie did that too right his first album where he was just rambling about something 
but somehow he was it was Bowie, so he was able to like he got away with a lot that most people couldn't really pull off. Yeah. yeah. Like but he never got this. He, I felt like proggy. he was kind of like chuck, chuckling to himself a little bit. Whereas like these guys seem very serious. Like they don't have any sense of humor about what they're doing. Which, I, I mean, come on. <laughs> Lighten up, guys. I know it was a different time and everything. Uh, uh, but there was, was lighthearted music in was, the 60s and 70s. It was a different time. Yeah, but I mean, just to have a sense of humor that you're a grown man and you're writing a song called Return of the Hogweeds. <laughs> I mean, Return of the Giant yeah. Hogweed. Yeah, no. Let's not diminish its size. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they really got lost in it, you know? I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you feel like uh, there's there's an escapism element yeah, to it. Yeah, like yeah. Trying to run away from reality. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Yeah, like a, an escapism and and a, a lack of self consciousness, which was probably uh, yeah a good a good thing at the time or needed to happen. I don't know. I I find it, but that is a, I I do when I think of the feeling that this gives me. It is a sense of claustrophobia. Uh huh. Which is why I, ha- I so anxiously rang the bell. <laughs> you needed to get out. Yeah. Get out in the fresh air. Yeah. Feel the sun. I was in the the roundabout and I couldn't, I couldn't make that exit. I feel like surrealism is coming up a bit. So, just looking at this artwork, it reminds me of uh, surrealist art. There's a woman playing crochet. With croquet, croquet, <laughs> yeah. just, just to be, just, I mean to correct you, but this, oh my god, it's we might like, give people the wrong imagery. You know, yeah, but, yes. <laughs> playing croquet with a head, with a little head, and then she has like a maid. Um, oh, I see some Geiger action going on. That's correct. This is uh, Emerson Lake and Palmer mm-hmm. brain salad surgery. Uh, You know, this was considered their master of puppets, if you will. Whoa. Yeah. So we we have to do this. And they're airbrushed. They are very heavily airbrushed. Yeah, look at how soft and and pretty those boys are. I feel like I've had each of those haircuts before. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes, they are very, they are very feminine haircuts. Yeah. We're going to hear Carnival. Nine. Which is a... There's four movements to this song. Sounds frightening. It could be, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think we, we really just have to hear... Impression. One, part one. Okay. I'm yawning right now. (laughs) I think I'm getting a headache. (laughs) Just because we've been doing this for too long, or this song specifically is Um, irritating that way? This song is like giving me a headache. Uh huh. Yeah. What about it? Do you think is like the high, a high pitched noise the, and the, 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 the synthesizer the doing no- that melody, the noodling and mm-hmm. I don't know. It would be fun to like if you were to just like loop this on top of itself, like randomly. I bet you could torture somebody that way. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Kim Reinhardt has just uh, suggested that we use prog rock to torture people. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, no, because I want to earn my my medals. There's no medal here. There's a medal. <laughs> I mean, there is another three minutes of this. <laughs> so what did you think of that? You know, listening to it on headphones, 
as I am right now. Um, there's like, I can't, I can't escape. Um, right. So it's just really being like, it's immersive. Yeah. 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 Which I don't know. Is, is this the way it's supposed to be listened to? Uh, not necessarily, yeah. but, but listening on headphones is definitely more of an immersive, uh, experience you know, as, as according, you know, at least I think so. Yeah, no, it's good. It's kind of like listening to somebody like, who's just being like, do, 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 do. And then they like, da, da, do, 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 you know, like just if the person hadn't taken their Ritalin or something. <laughs> So you're suggesting that maybe these guys had a little ADD. I don't know. They make me feel like I have it. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're inspiring you to take drugs to get away from this. Yeah. You want to okay. escape their escapism. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I would take drugs. <laughs> I would maybe no, drink. suggesting that you should. Drink some tea or okay. go rot jogging or something. A little chamomile or yeah. a little of the... Lavender. Little, what did you bring with you today? Um, a very... Afri African honey bush. Yes. Tea. Yeah. Which sounds... Sexual. Very suggestive. Unlike um, this music. But um, it's it was actually quite nice. Yeah. I did not think about someone's bush <laughs> while drinking it. Didn't go there. It's a very suggestive title, yeah. Mm -hmm. Makes me want to, like, burp a little bit, too. That's... <laughs> Gave you a little indigestion. indigestion. <laughs> this, is, this is fascinating how much power this music can have over one uh, in, in a in a negative fashion. They 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 must have been really excited about this album to get Geiger to do their cover. Um, yeah. <clears throat> there's a lot of tension that builds, but then it doesn't get released, right? Oh, interesting. Yeah, that's what I that's my that's what I think about all this music. Mhm. Mm mm -hmm. You know, it's just perpetual. Oh. So we've got one more song. You think you can stick out a 4-minute rush yes, song? Yes, yes, let's just go for it. Okay. I I I the rush is going to be good for me. Yeah. Right, you know this song. Yeah. You know this song. Yeah, yeah. Um What year is this one? I believe this is 1980. One. So this is this is kind of where prog rock ends. Okay. Like prog rock really didn't survive in its in its form into the 80s, and even this, some listeners may argue, is you know, not, there's definitely Rush that's more prog rocky. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think I, I wanted to, you know, because I'm doing this chronologically, I want it to end uh, at the end of the 70s and the beginning of the 80s. Mm -hmm. You know, we're sort of taking a chronological journey here as well as, you know, dipping our toe into the uh, uh, the five different uh, pools of prog rock here. So we're going to hear Tom Sawyer uh, by Rush, 1980. One off moving pictures. I feel kind of excited about this. I'm not so into this part. The guitar solo. Yeah. No, you can no. just shut up, Alex. Yeah, it's not necessary. Let's get back to yeah. the rhymes. Getty's big nose and his soprano voice. I'm, I'm a little irritated, but oh, so I the fade out. Uh, I think the fade out is kind of a cop out, right? <laughs> Why you want you wanted to hear more of that? <laughs> no, oh. no, no, no. <laughs> Let's not get nuts. <laughs> no, don't get carried away. No, I think they could have ended it somehow. I mean, like. But maybe if they if they knew how to end that song, um, in a staccato type of way, then it would it they they would have they wouldn't have been able to write that song. They can't have their cake and eat it too. So you're saying that that Rush, they had an inability to end that song correctly. Yeah. And that's why they faded it out. You, you, your take on it was that they were unable to figure out. <laughs> 
these musicians who had been doing this for eight years and uh or, or nine years at this point and well i don't know when did the fade out start maybe it was trendy back then like the fade outs have been uh, uh i mean they did that in the 50s and 60s you know pop yeah. music had fade outs uh-huh i i just I think it would have been nice if they had um, written written it, it it figured out a way to end it. So. <laughs> okay, fair <laughs> enough. I mean, that's what this is about. This is about what you think and yeah. your opinions on this yeah, stuff. But yeah, but I think in general, I, I enjoy that song. Um, when I was, um, so I have a brother that's eight years older than me, and so when I was, uh, he was in high school, so I was eight years younger, and 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 I would just hear this coming out of his room, mm-hmm. and so he was, let's say, eighteen. You were ten. Yeah, or maybe uh-huh. sixteen, and whatever. Right. Yeah, and and so it brings back that 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 feeling, and I guess yeah, it was a sense of of rebellion or something, you know, that I felt from the music mm-hmm. when he was listening to it at the time. And freedom, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, sense of freedom. So kind, now, ki- kind of like a rush. So okay, in in summation, yes. What do you think of prog rock? Do you like it? No. Well, there you have it, folks. A big no from Kim on the subject of prog rock. Alex, Getty, Neil, if you're listening, lose the guitar solos and figure out a proper ending, would you? Kim certainly felt tortured by Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, so if there's any interrogators out there, prog rock may be an effective method of extracting information from those pesky political prisoners, terrorists, or just getting that secret egg salad recipe out of your grandmother's brain. Thanks to my guest Kimberly Reinhardt, without whom this would have been super boring. Head over to our Other Stuff page for a link to see what she's making when not being forced to listen to the unamorous strains of prog rock. And a special thanks to you, the listener. Because as we all know, if a podcast is playing in the woods and no one's around to hear it, it sucks. 